Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Homer and the Hater Show. I'm Jeff, the Homer, and that's Lance, the Hater. What's going on, Lance? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I got my beanie on, so I'm in semi-hater mood. The beanie makes me feel great. The huh. little tassel on top, the little pom-pom. I feel great with the beanie. Looks good. You got your you got your coaching shirt on and everything. You're ready to go. Yes, Give yes. Me a yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just won't show you guys my hair underneath, but uh, yes. <laughs> the Mitchell and Ness. Um, you know, I'm suffering with no haircut in like six weeks. It's pretty yep. bad. Very good. Bad. Okay. I'm not like Jeff. I'm not like Jeff. I can't just reinvent could. myself. You could. It's okay though. Um, yeah, let's get yeah. let, before we get into the brunt of the show. I want to make a couple announcements um, about things coming up tomorrow. Monday is the big event. That is the Brian Anthony Davis, Tony Defio, the community mock draft. Now, what this is is last week they had Wes Hickok, longtime viewer and listener of the program, on, and they did basically the whole first round and then predicted the Steelers pick at number forty nine. That was last week. This week on the Steelers Q&A show, they are going to be doing, uh, they actually did on yesterday, a draw and assign specific people or participants a team that they're going to be drafting for in the upcoming mock draft. So that's going to be tomorrow at 5 o'clock. I do want to mention that I'm really excited about this Thursday, the first round of the draft. We are going to do a live draft party viewing View, whatever you want to call it. I'm trying to think of the right word. Basically, where if you want to watch the draft with us, we're going to be here for the whole draft. Now, I do want to say that this is just going to be on YouTube. We're not going to put this on audio. We're going to do a wrap-up podcast at the very end, and that'll go to audio the next day. But in the first round, come and watch the draft with us. Cue us up on YouTube. Have us up. Turn the TV on mute and watch it all unfold. We'll give predictions. We'll probably break news early because we'll be watching Twitter. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. And Lance might join us. He might not. We might have people coming in and out. So we might have uh, – I know that Dave, Brian, and I will probably be on the majority of the time. And then if, let's say, Dave has to go do something, he'll bump out of the show. We'll get someone else. I think Tony Defio might be joining us for a little bit. We might get Lance on. So there you go. What time does that start on the West Coast? The West Coast would be 5. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hop on. I'll be after okay. work, so I'll be able yeah. to hop on. Um, I, I saw a comment in the live chat uh, pertaining to haircuts. I'm jealous of Mike O'Malley. Mike O'Malley said he broke down, cut his own hair, and gave himself a tight fade. I'm so jealous. Mike, can you give me a virtual haircut? You got some clippers. My hairline is <laughs> suffering. The back of my head is longer than the front because as I approach 50, I got a big ball spot. I'm looking like LeBron. So, you know, it's pretty bad. I need I need help, man. I need a virtual fade. Come on, Mike. Send me some virtual clippers. Tighten my lineup or something. Ooh. Yeah. And the last announcement is that on our Saturday show, which is the burning question, Next week, we'll not have a burning question because that's going to be another draft. Obviously, the draft is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll be back next Sunday for another Homer and Hater to kind of recap everything. But in terms of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like Lance gets a week off from, yeah, I said it, um, unless he wants to do an extra show. That's totally up to him. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be all draft stuff. Be there for all that. But Saturday shows starting next week, not the after the draft, the week after that, 
is going to be where Tony Defio gets his own show. Now I was talking with Tony the other day. He's been doing a great job for us on Monday nights. And I was trying to explain to him like, Hey, you know, what, what do you want to call the show? He goes, well, I was just thinking like burning question with Tony. I'm like, Tony, you can think of your own title if you want. Like it doesn't have to be the burning <laughs> question. We can go in other avenues. So he's thinking about that. Um, Another thing Dave brought up, Dave Schofield's in the live chat. He said Big Bro Sco is going to stop by on the, the draft party show. And he also said that the draft contest, we have a draft contest on the website right now. Go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can enter. Try to predict who the Steelers are going to pick in the second round. If you do, got to go check out what you win. So that's on the website right now. I think that's can, all the announcements. Can I give a tease on my thoughts of the Steelers 2020 draft? <laughs> Sure, why not? I'm going to hate every pick. Yes. (laughs) Yes. yes. I'm going to hate every pick. So make sure you chime in next Sunday to watch me hate every single draft pick that the Steelers make. I have to live up to my name, the hater. I'll sum it up for you out there. I'll say, Lance, what do you think about the pick? Stupid, hated it. And there we go. We're good. Lance, I could just record that. (laughs) That's right. Hated it. They picked a long snapper in the second round. Hated it. Yeah. So today's show, as not just nothing but announcements, I promise, is basically titled Predicting the Unpredictable in the Steelers 2020 NFL Draft. Okay. So the first and foremost, you have the draft is unpredictable by nature. Everyone wants to predict it. Mock drafts are the most popular thing in recent memory since the internet became a major player when it comes to content. But it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. The mock drafts, I could do a mock draft, and I could write it up like I'm an expert. And because I can write, I'm, I'll, I'll be convincing too. And I could be all wrong, all wrong. But you know what? It still does develop a conversation. It develops a debate, and that's okay. That's okay. But this is our last show before the draft on Thursday. And I think it's important that we talk about everything from the predictions to the unpredictable nature of the draft, and especially the fact that this upcoming draft is virtual. So let's start there. This is something that really piques my interest. This virtual draft, what do you think that means for teams that are sitting behind a computer? There's no war room. There's no, you know, Roger Goodell on stage giving bro hugs to all these guys. A virtual draft, how does that change things for you, Lance? From a visual medium perspective, I I think for younger fans, I think it's going to be very weird. I think, Jeff, you're still of the age where I think the draft hasn't always been a big production in New York and all that type stuff. So you're still of the age where the draft was just a phone call, a video, a guy's in his house. He cries. He you know, he cries with his mom and his dad and everybody's in the kitchen eating wings, uh, having barbecue, fried chicken and chips and some punch. I mean, that's that's what I grew up with the draft look like. I think for younger fans, it's going to be very different because they've grown up with the draft as this spectacle. I mean, 24 hours of co- coverage, tickers all day, you know, 10 minutes between picks. You know, videos and Deion Sanders and doing interviews and like this big grandiose production guys in the in the green room uh, or guys sitting in the draft room sweating Aaron Rodgers getting more pissed off every minute 
that he's not getting picked and finally he goes almost last in the first round. That's what they're used to. For me, I'm not really a draft guy. It'll be, for me, a return to what makes sense. I mean, these guys have not done anything yet, so I've never understood the grandiose level of how the draft is covered. But I, I think it was always smart for the NFL to just create more content and create a more of a talking piece around the draft. Now, in terms of drafting players, I think there will be less reaches in the draft because some of these pro days and all that stuff has not happened. So you're really going to have to dig into game film. Um, you're not going to be able to be uh, lied to by a pro day or by an old guy with a bad thumb on a stopwatch that messes up a guy's 40 time. And he goes from a four, six to a four, four. Cause the guy sneezed and he hit the stopwatch <laughs> late. So I think it's going to be less reaches, but I also think staffs, new staffs are going to suffer in the draft because how do they manage, first of all, their draft room? How are they going to draft as an organization? And when you put this, when you put this other hurdle in front of them, how it's virtual and all this other stuff, I think a lot of new buildings are going to make bad picks. Solid organizations are going to clean up in the draft because they know what they're doing. It's going to really be about game film and preparation and doing that. And so I think teams like the Steelers are going to do great. I think teams like Tampa, not Tampa, or, or new staffs like um, – I'm trying to think of a new staff, a new head coach out there. Um, but I think new staffs aren't, are going to struggle. Um, but I think from the fan perspective, I think fans are, <laughs> you know, new fans aren't going to really know how to take this. I can't disagree with anything that you said. I agree a hundred percent, but I do have another question. Follow up. How do you think this could possibly impact trades? That's my favorite part of the draft, by the way. I love it when teams trade because it means that someone's moving up to get that one guy, just like the Steelers did in 2019. They move up 10 spots. They trade with Denver to get Devin Bush inside linebacker. When you see it happen, Steelers trade with Denver. You're like, oh boy, they're getting that one guy. Is that going to be impacted by the fact that there is no war room? There is not that one line. I'm sure that when well, they did a mock draft, they're doing a mock draft, I think tomorrow, Monday, uh, to kind of iron out all the, issues but what do you think that'll do with trades draft day trades i think the, the trades will be i don't think there's going to be a lot of trades due to the fact that you can't get reliable medical information i mean i really think that teams well, sometimes want, it's just trading picks it's not just about players though trading picks i could see that i i, I could see the movement of, of picks a lot more because i think with the virtual aspect of the trade with the draft and the fact that you haven't had all of the typical things you could do, get guys in your building. I think teams are going to need extra cracks at it. So I, I think from a trade perspective, if it doesn't involve players but picks, I could see that being active where you just need a lot of cracks at this because there is a lot of uncertainty in the draft that typically hasn't been there. And so you can mitigate that and minimize some of that by just having a boatload of picks. Yeah. I mean, the I want to say that the Miami Dolphins have the most picks in the draft with 14 draft picks. Who needs that many draft picks? I don't know. The Steelers have six. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it. I mean, but for but but that's like having 14 right now. 
I mean, you're positioned really well. I mean, that's a lot of draft capital. I mean, you know, you just keep taking, you know, swing and miss, man. It's just, you know, you keep taking swings at it. And you might hit a home run on one of those picks. I can't see that they're going to draft 14 of those picks, but they've got ammunition. And for a team like the Steelers that have six, I mean, the Steelers, I don't think are going to be trading picks. But there are teams, you know, with all these offensive linemen, these quarterbacks, that there's going to be teams where you can leverage those 14 picks. Having a stockpile of picks is always a good thing in the draft. It's good. for It gives you a lot of draft capital and or. Um, it allows you just to pick these guys and you just have room with trades and so on and so forth. So they're valuable. You want a bold prediction for me right now? I do. My bold prediction from for the 2020 NFL draft for the Pittsburgh is that they will make one, at least one trade during the selection process. Okay. At least one trade. So I'm not saying they might move up. They might move back. It might be a big thing. It might be up into the first round. I don't think that's going to happen, but it might be they trade a fifth round pick, or maybe they go into 2021 and trade one of those draft picks. I think they're going to make at least one trade during this draft process. So let me ask, let's tease this. Let's tease this. So if they do that trade, is it to acquire an additional second round pick? See, that's, that's, I mean, uh, maybe. That would be ideal, I think. If they could get either another second or another third. So if I were the Steelers, I wouldn't be I'd be okay because they did get the third round pick because the comp pick for Le'Veon Bell. If I could get maybe say a, a trade one of our fifth round picks, because they have two fifths, I believe, this year, trade one of the fifth round picks and then maybe a six next year and packages together to move up into the fourth or even the third round. I would do that because I think there's a lot of value still there at a lot of positions that the Steelers could really covet tackle wide receiver um a couple other deep positions out there you know we've talked about them ad nauseum seemingly on all of our shows so um i I think that this is a draft that they i I think one at least one trade some trades aren't that significant that it on face value think about when they traded up what two spots with seattle to get mason rudolph a couple years ago right so that wasn't a huge trade it wasn't the first round devin bush moving up 10 spots giving away a bunch of stuff that's not that at all I think they're going to make a trade though, because I think they've been, that's kind of been their MO the last few years is they are willing to make a move. So we'll see how I would that love to up. see them move up in the second. Just guessing, not looking at the draft, NFL draft, the, the draft calculator um, in terms of the value chart. I'm guessing to move up in the second, and somebody in the live chat might be able to tell me if they can look up the NFL draft, uh, the value chart. I would think it would take, at least a third rounder and a fourth rounder to move up significantly past 49, maybe in the thirties to get um, an additional second, which will be very expensive given the fact that they only have six picks. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, So if they make that trade, so you think they're going to trade, they're going to draft more than six players. Yeah. Yeah. I think they will. I think they will. I think that maybe they get seven or maybe they stay at six and the trade was, like I said, one of their fifth round picks for uh, moving up into the third or moving up and getting another second round pick. They're going to package some stuff together. I I, I think they're going to make a move. Before I forget this, though, Timo puts five, I think it's pounds, into our – I don't know what that's That is pounds. Before, is you, before you read this, big up to Timo. Timo is a listener that jumped on my show yesterday. Timo, if I'm not incorrect, is from Germany. 
and yesterday. And so I wanted to say mm -hmm. just just as an aside, I want to give thanks for all you guys, man. We are immensely blessed. Me and Jeff are still able to do this show. We're able to quarantine and shelter in place, still provide for our families. So I want to say just, just we're immensely blessed that we could do that. We can bring this content to you. And I, and I, I feel immensely blessed because, man, we had, we had an international show yesterday. Uh, we had a guy from Brazil. Um, we had a guy from the UK. We had Timo from uh, Germany. So we had like a nice international flavor. And big up to you, Timo. I think that is pounds. No, that's yeah, not pounds. Right. That's probably euros. Euro. I'm guessing it's euro. It's it's a euro. And so big up, big up to Timo, man. Big up to our international listeners, man. We love you guys. Steeler Nation is not Steeler Nation. It's Steeler Universe. Absolutely. He, he says I can put some money out here because the corona bound me to my home office, but luckily 100% of my salary. Love you, Steeler Nation. We appreciate you, team. I actually want to do, you know, it's a 2020 census here in the United States. I actually want to do for our podcasting platform. I did this for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It was really awesome. We had over 300 comments. And I basically just asked the question one offseason, where are you reading this from? And we had people from all over the globe reading BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It was really awesome. I want to actually print out basically a list of 50 states as well as countries around the globe. And I'm going to ask every single show, okay, where are you from? And then we'll just check them off. Just check them off. So we have nice, 50 states nice. covered. Uh, we'll do that. We'll do that after the draft. So Before you, you get into your next point, Jeff, let me just comment on that. Um, I used to get, and I don't know if those guys list anymore. And this was before we did the show together. Um, I used to get guys that were stationed in Iraq. I used to have um, some servicemen who were stationed in Iraq that used to listen. It was like a whole group of Steeler fans in a particular platoon that used to listen to every show. And I was like, man, this is absolutely awesome that the Internet yeah. gives you this type of platform, from my opinion, to be heard across the world when it comes to Steeler football. And that's the beauty of sports, the beauty of the Internet, is when you put that all together, you know, it, it's a magical thing. Absolutely. I mean, and just, just from saying what we did and what you did, I mean, there's already people from Mexico, Brazil, San yes. Diego. I mean, Rochester, New York. Um, Wes is en route on I-80 East. <laughs> <laughs> I know that he, he drives a truck. Western Kentucky. So we've got people all over, man, and it's it's great. You don't realize as two fans that started podcasts because we enjoy it. We like talking about our team. Um, it's just great. The reach that you have, you know, we're almost at yeah. 500, we're almost at 5,500 subscribers. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. And by the way, before I move on to our next topic, Eric said what Dave Schofield, the Oracle, he sent me an actual text message and said, they don't have a fifth round pick. They have two fourth round picks. Okay. okay. There you go. Now we're talking. So, um, there you go. Steeler Tank says, I'd rather listen to BTSE over ESPN and the NFL Network. They're so biased with how they view the Steelers. Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. So tune in on Thursday to watch with us. That'll be fun. I, I think it'd be really crazy if we had myself, Dave, Brian, Big Brosco, Lance, Tony, all of us, because StreamYard can actually do that. Just watching, just watching, poking fun at each other. It'll be a good time. I will right. be the designated poker funner of the Browns and Bungles. Let me just be that guy. Let me just be that guy to rip every Bungles and Browns pick. I'll, I'll just be that guy. Bad pick. He's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Let me just be that guy. That'd be fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's talk about predictions in terms of mock drafts. 
you have a bunch of them ready and you're going to read off what they pick. Let me just kind of go off on an aside here for a second. Mock drafts. I love them and I absolutely hate them. Like Mel Kuyper <laughs> and Todd McShay are basically two blowhards that just spew out content and just pick whoever they think, Oh, the Steelers need a quarterback. So they're going to take both of those clowns in their last two mock drafts when they did two round mocks. So obviously the Steelers are having a second round pick predicted them to have quarterbacks go first. Now, Lance, what are the odds that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take a quarterback in their second round, the first pick of the draft? Well, give me some, give me a percentage. There's a, it'll be like a weatherman. There's a 30% chance of rain. What is the percentage of them taking a quarterback? I'm going to do you even better. I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I'm going to answer it this way. And you can assign a number to that percentage. It would be about as likely as Mr. Third and Fifth ever plays in Pittsburgh again. Oh my gosh, that's so! We're to, it's going to be a beautifully sunny day. There is a less than one percent chance of precipitation. <laughs> yes, it's probably a negative one thousand percent chance that they take a quarterback <laughs> in the second round. I mean that yeah. that, that is the dumbest. And, See, it's 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 interesting when you look at ESPN and you especially and you look at a mock like that. You, us in the media doing this, you gotta ask yourself: Is this serious, or is this for clicks, for views, for attention? Because if it it can't be serious, there's no way in the world that the Steelers are going to draft, and that's and that's the pick of Mel Kiper. Jalen Hurts. Yes. There's no way in the world that Jalen Hurts is going to be a second round draft pick. No way in the world when you just spent draft capital on Mason Rudolph and the GM has come out and said, we're comfortable with our quarterback room. Could be a lie. And we're comfortable with Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is our number two guy. That's who we're going to roll with. Also, Add the fact that you have Cam Newton and Jameis Winston available, and those guys have not gotten a sniff. So if you wanted to improve your quarterback room, your quarterback position, you would offer a deal to Jameis on the cheap and hope he signs. There's no way that Jalen Hurts or a quarterback, for that reason, in the draft can help you. You think a quarterback is going to get developed on the roster next year with Ben Roethlisberger coming back, having not played for a year? Do you know who's going to suck all the oxygen out of the room? And rightfully so, when it comes to quarterback development and reps and snaps, it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger. They got to get him ready. Next year is not the time, or this year is not the time to do that. If you said 2021, I'd believe it more so. But what do you think? Like mocks like this and predictions like this, is this just clickbait? See, they, okay, they, we're getting going, and that's fine. I like this. Wes Hickok said 100% clickbait. Put it up there on the screen. Shout out to Wes. So clickbait, okay? So I've I've been writing and worrying about clicks, page views, because why? It's my job for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. <laughs> and so you do have to learn how to manipulate headlines so that they are attractive. When you're writing an article, 
That's Steelers.com, the Post-Gazette, the Tribune Review, the Athletic, and every other Steelers blog out there is going to write. You have to find a unique angle to make your article stand out amongst everything else. We get that out of the way. To me, for someone that's been doing this for over half a decade, clickbait is when it is somehow deceiving. It is the, oh my gosh, you'll never guess what Ben Roethlisberger did the other day while in quarantine. That's a clickbait headline. And because you want to say, well, what did he do? Click. <laughs> you find out <laughs> that he, you find out that he donated money, you know, or something like that. <laughs> That's a clickbait headline. We've all seen them. Now, these articles are not clickbait. It's, they're not. Mel Kuyper is not leading his headline with Pittsburgh Steelers take Jalen Hurts in the second round or Pittsburgh Steelers shock the football world with their pick in the second round. No, it's Mel Kuyper's 2.0 two round mock draft. It shows that the football fan base at all 32 NFL teams is so rabid that they will consume anything when it comes to predictions. That's a fact. Whether it's predicting seasons, whether it's predicting games, whether it's predicting the NFL draft, they go berserk for it. And because they're big names coming from ESPN, the biggest media football or sports outlet of the round, whether they're the most trusted, that's a different story. But still, the biggest media outlet for this world of sports, it immediately gets consumed like it's, I don't know, like you're a lion and fresh meat gets thrown out into the cage. It's not necessarily clickbait. They just are taking stabs at it. I think when you get into the second round, they're like, oh, I don't know, Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger's old, here's a quarterback. Todd McShay had him taking the quarterback from Washington. I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a different quarterback. Jacob Eason. There you go. So I, I hope that made sense. I, I don't feel like these drafts are clickbait. It's just that the football fans are nuts and they, they go nuts for it. So let me ask you, Jeff. So would you? So if it's not clickbait, is it a wink from a beautiful woman from across the room? Like she's just giving you a wink? I mean, well, she's not. She's not being I, super suggestive. She's not I know close what you're to saying. you. You know, is it a wink yeah. at least? I know what you're saying. You're saying so. Here's with Steeler fans. Here's what they see. Hope two round mock draft. We actually can read something in this article. So they right. click on it, brrr, scroll through. You, you kidding me? A quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, is it? I mean, what is it called? I mean, I mean, you've been doing. I mean, you do this part of it way more than I do. Like, what is yes. this called? Like, is it just suggestive? It's not as bad as clickbait. I mean. Well, we we in the if you if you know anything about websites and if you have platforms that are amplified through things like Apple News and Google Play, like behind the steel curtain.com is, um, it's all about what's called SEO, search engine optimization. You put in keywords that are going to show up in searches. I do this with our podcasts. So if someone searches Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers news, our podcast should be in the rotation. That's why we always ask people. Like there's 110 people watching right now live. If you haven't liked the show yet, please do close out the live chat, hit the thumbs up, bring the live chat back up. You won't miss a thing, but it helps in the algorithm and the search engine optimization and getting things noticed. So if I were to do the Homer and hater show Steelers preview, NFL draft preview, that's eh, boring. Predicting the unpredictable. Whoa, we're talking predictions. I'm interested. I'm going to click on it. It's not clickbait. It's just a different way to get people in the door. Uh, so it's like when an attractive either man or woman brings <laughs> you, you a Brian. plate of food. They bring you a plate of food. Like they bring you some food. Like, oh, would you like me to go get you a sandwich? 
where it's not it's not super suggestive, but it's really nice. They're kind of laying the groundwork. You're going to get the sandwich. You're going to get the sandwich. It's just they're using suggestivity to bring you in the door. It's just about getting you in the door. And then once you get in the door, you realize the place is awesome. The service is great. You realize that the food is phenomenal. I'm going to come back. Right. So so she brings you lunch a couple of times at work and you go, oh, she's kind of nice. And she's kind of cute, too. Huh. Okay. You know, I, okay. I, it's funny. I don't know how many times I've told Brian Anthony Davis when he's spitballing ideas for headlines for podcasts. And I say, Brian, we just need to get him in the door. Just get him in the door. He's like, well, I don't want to talk about that that long. You don't have to. You just got to get him in the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So Thank you so man, for the compliment on the Mitchell yeah. and Ness beanie. It's the Mitchell and Ness throwback beanie, I believe. I've had this for a while. It's actually functional. It's actually quite warm. All right, here we go. So let's see here. Uh, Crazy Chris, 235, says fourth pick and fifth next year for a third this year. Thumbs up. So we, he's saying if we give out away, give away one of our fourth round picks and a fifth round pick next year, you move up into the third. I would be down for that 100%. Sign me up. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, crazy Chris, thank you for that contribution. If you if yeah, you have a chance, thank you, crazy Chris. If you if you have a chance and you're still looking at the NFL draft chat, uh, value chart, what would be the compensation to get an additional second round pick? I'm guessing it's it, it's it it. I'm guessing that one's pretty expensive. A third, fourth, maybe even a fifth to get up to the second. Second round picks are expensive. People don't like to give those up at all. I mean, it's really hard to get someone's second round pick. People, Here, teams really covet those. Here's where the Steelers, and they are a very, very smart organization, should be able to look at okay, who did we lose in free agency? How is that going to equate to comp, comp picks next year? Now, that's not a known formula, and there's no guarantee with that. But in this case, you know, they lost Tyler Matikavich, they lost Javon Hargrave. And all of these contracts, when you look at everything in the equation, Dave wrote this article for the website. You bring in Ebron, but they lost a lot of players. Sean Davis goes to Washington. I could go on and on. They're probably going to get at least one, maybe two comp picks next year, and those can be traded now. So the Steelers can definitely think about, okay, I'm going to give up a fifth next year. Probably going to get a comp pick next year. It's going to kind of nullify that. All right. All right. Before we, before we move on, Isaac says he puts $5 in the tip chart. Lance got to stop with the woman talk. Cause my wife be looking at me mad. Like, and I'm listening to some nasty stuff. <laughs> you, you and Brian, man, you all did a show together and I was surprised how tame it was. I got to be honest. I'm surprised how tame it was. I listened and I was ready for all these analogies and all these innuendos and nothing. Oh, that's hilarious. Nothing. I just, I don't know why, man. I, I don't, you know, I don't I don't know why my mind goes there um and initially. I just don't know why. Those are just easy uh analogies for me to to, to kind of just think of off the fly. I mean, my mind is a, an interesting place. So that that that's where it goes. Here's here's a good question from Steeler Fan 74, longtime viewer of the show. He says, Jeff and Lance, do you think there's value in the sixth or seventh round? anymore i know my answer but lance i'll let you answer first um all due respect to that question hell no oh come on are absolutely you are you serious no, no. that's a crapshoot 
That's crapshoot. That's pure luck. And I don't want to hear people talk about ah, they, Tom Brady was a sixth no, round draft pick. I'm not going to talk Mr. about him. Mr. Third and Fifth, Mr. Gummy Richards, Mr. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs was a sixth round pick. If you find one great, okay. I mean, you, you don't build a foundation of your football team from late draft picks. You just get lucky and know just because they've had some success with undrafted picks. Yeah, whatever. No, no, ab- absolutely not. You just pick those guys. Those are guys. Those are dashes. They, they can be dashes, but they can also be valuable assets to the team in regards to depth. So it's all about expectations. Do you expect a wide receiver selected in the sixth round to be the next Antonio Brown? No, you don't. The, the, no. no one does. Do you expect a quarterback taken in the sixth round to be the next Tom Brady? Absolutely no. not. What you do expect is, hey, maybe this guy could be a good backup tackle. Maybe this guy could be a good backup interior lineman, a good uh, special teams wide receiver. And if he turns into something else, well, that's awesome. But at the same time, I do think there is still value, and the Steelers have proven that repeatedly with players that they've drafted in the late rounds that have contributed in some way, shape, or form. To me, the perfect example is the guy that just went to Buffalo. Tyler Matikavich, he was a seventh round draft pick. Okay. He's a seventh round pick, was a special teams captain who made plays on special teams. He contributed a little bit on defense. That's a seventh round. Those are expectations for a seventh rounder. He gets a $9 million contract with Buffalo, and Pittsburgh is going to get a comp pick for him next year. And it'll probably be more than a seventh round pick. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, from that it's all about expectations. It's all I mean, about expectations. Yes, yes. If you put the if you put the bar really low, then yes. I mean, yes. Like, like but why would the bar you, be any higher for I mean, a seventh yeah, round pick? I mean, I mean, if you can you if you can use those guys for compensation, some. I mean, look, Tyler Manikavich is great if he becomes a fifth round comp pick. I mean, it that'd be awesome. But no, I mean. I'm not a draft Nick, so hence I had to just show some elements of hate and, and it had to come out. I mean, it's the Homer and haters show. I had to rip something. And so that was my opportunity to rip something. Sorry. So no, Brian O'Toole. No, I know. Ryan O'Toole says sixth round. You're expecting, you're expecting, this is a really good analogy. You're expecting a Dre Archer, but you're happy if the pick out turns to be someone more like a Kelvin Beecham or like yes. a Brett Kiesel. Brett Kiesel was a seventh round draft pick. Um, so you have examples, but for every example of a player that panned out, that was a late round pick. There was another there's pick a, that was a complete a, no, flame out. Five so, picks that were flame out. You're right. Yeah. Like yeah. five, 10 to one. And it's crazy when you think about, and Kyle Smith says of uh, Vince Williams was a six round pick, you know? So I, I think when you look at all these and you look at the amount of undrafted players that the Steelers have gotten that have been contributors in some way, shape or form, it's pretty remarkable. You know, you think about Matt Filer, you think about Chris Hubbard, you think about BJ Finney, all undrafted and they've all been big players, especially on that offensive line. So trust the process in a way. Maybe it's a case that the offensive line is one of those position groups where you can be undrafted and still have a good impact. You know, maybe that is, I wonder what scouts would say in, in terms of position groups and undrafted players like what position group can get the most impact out of undrafted players? It'd be interesting yeah. to, 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 to hear that. Let me jump into a question we got on a live chat and, and, and um, it's from, um, and, and oh you know, help me if I mess up the pronunciation of the name, oh Sumil Voma, oh Sumil Voma asked Jeff and Lance, do you think the Steelers will trade down 
with their second round pick. Trade down is in trading up, essentially. I don't know. I, Just reading I guess it, maybe. I'm trying to figure it out. No, I don't think. I think. I think they're going to stand pat at 49. I don't think they'll do anything with the 49th pick. Maybe that no. meant do something with the 49th pick, move down in the second to try to acquire an additional pick somewhere. No, I think they'll stand pat with with the 49th pick and big up to Grayson Brown. I'm gonna keep that energy, Grayson. I'm starting to get warm and fuzzy because I got the beanie on with the little te- with the little with the little test with a little pom pom on. I'm getting soft. I gotta just get back to my grizzly and my grind with the hater mode. I got to get back. Thanks, Grayson, for making me remember who I am, what my core is. Thank you. Grayson Brown puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip chart. He's also hashtag team hater. Yes, so, I'm back. Hashtag team hater, baby. Back. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> yes. Team Homer. There's hashtag team Homer and hashtag team hater. Everyone yes. falls on one side of the docket. You know, you, don't, you can't, you know, it's just the way it is. I like now people are pre- saying which round the Jarvis Jones should have been drafted. Someone said should have been a 16th rounder. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, El Busto, Jarvis Jones may have been quite possibly. That'd be a great poll to put up on the website. Um, who was uh, Kevin Colbert's worst first round draft pick? I think a lot of people would think of Jarvis Jones. Just Artie, Artie would be up there. Jarvis and Artie in a tug of war contest. Those are two really bad first round draft picks. I bet some people would put Terrell Edmonds up there, even though he's only going into year three. No. I bet some people would put him up there. I'm just yeah, saying. some people they don't would, like definitely. him. They don't like him. Yeah. All right, yeah. it's here. Uh, we got a question here. Leonardo. We'll I think Leonardo, questions. if I'm not mistaken, if Leonardo's right in the live chat, confirm this or not. I think Leonardo is the listener from Brazil, if I'm not incorrect. There was another one from Brazil, too. Yes, Brazilian soccer, Brazilian football. Yes. Neymar. That's not real football. Okay. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Je- Jeff took a walk on the dark side. He says soccer is not real football. Uh oh. Uh-oh, that's, Here we that's go. Alfred says, uh, what would be a draft offer that the Steelers just can't refuse? Now we're really opening up Pandora's box. So a draft offer. Let's let's throw a player in. Let's let's get players involved here. So there's someone from the current Steelers team that another team covets, and you're putting your your let's say someone's offering a first round pick, a late first round pick, but they want a player. Who are you willing to part with to get that pick? It's got to be realistic. So don't say like, oh, James Conner. No one's going to trade James Conner for a first-round pick. I have an um, answer. I have an answer right, right. away. Bud Dupree. Mm, that's not bad. I roll Bud that's for a first-rounder quick because they're not going to re-sign Bud. I mean, they're not right. going to re-sign Bud. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it's Glenn. <laughs> Glenn Alter got typed it so fast. He wrote Bid. <laughs> I've got a, I've, I've got a name for you. I've got one. I've got one, and it would have Steelers would have to give up a draft pick with this player. He's not going to be worth a first on his own. I give away Mike Hilton. Yeah, but you have to give up probably a couple of picks for Mike Hilton. I've seen. All I'm this saying in is, uh, let's say they say we'll give you Mike Hilton, one of our force, 
and maybe even a late round pick in 2021 to move up into the first, if they want that player, I'm saying, yeah, I'll package that deal. Mike Hilton doesn't impress me that much that I feel that he's also a restricted free agent and he hasn't signed his tender yet. So I say, yeah, Mike Hilton, why not? There are people in the live chat saying Juju. Oh, now that's interesting, especially with this wide receiver draft class. I might, I might have stuff. to be on board with that. That would hurt. I love Juju. I, I mean, I, I mean, I love Juju for all the other stuff, and Juju's a well of a football player. But with this draft being as, like you said, being as top heavy uh, with wide receivers, I might, I might, um, I might pull the trigger on that because I, I'm a, I, I'm a guy that doesn't think that wide receivers are necessarily worth first round picks anyway. So I, I would do that. I think with wide receivers, you can find so many good wide receivers. Historically, there's been a million wide receivers that have been very good that have not been first-round picks. And big up to Alexandre Dines. He is from Brazil. So big up. We got Brazil. We got South America in the building. Big up to that. This show's international, baby. That's right. Um, jump into what the, about um, to it? What about to it? Someone else said to it. No, I don't want to do to it. I, I don't want to do two. I want I want to keep that defensive line if Tua can play with him and Reckitt. I want him and Reckitt Ralph to hopefully play a 16-game season. I would love to see what that looks like because if them two big boys is playing up front and doing business, oh, it's going to be lovely for the Steelers defense, particularly with that fantastic secondary. There's a there's a question from uh, Snowman in there, Jeff. You want to put that up? Uh, there's a super chat from Snowman. Yep, here we go, $2. Will the Steelers trade for Leonard Fournette? Oh, I don't want any piece of that. Let me just jump into all. my hater mode again. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. He's got like a million hits on him already. Like, why why do I want that guy? I, he's a big physical, he's a he's a physical freak. But I mean, Leonard's has some issues. He's got a bunch of hits on him. And plus, you're not gonna pay Leonard in two years anyway. So why am I going to trade for him when you're not going to extend him? I'm going to just go get one of these young guys in the draft and have that player run through a barn and have him be on a cheap contract. There's no way in the world the Steelers are going to trade for Leonard Fournette. And that's the type of stuff. So what do you call that type of stuff that's on ESPN when they put that stuff? Because I've seen that kind of teased on ESPN. So is that a wink and a sandwich? Well, it depends on how it's worded. Um, if the- <laughs> If they word it uh, along these lines, a trade the Pittsburgh Steelers just couldn't refuse. It's forcing you to click on the article to see what the trade is. And so it could be the most asinine trade that you ever heard of, but it's because they clicked on it and you had, had to click on it. Now, if they would have said the Steelers trading Stefan to it could be a, a, a piece of their draft puzzle in 2020 right that's not clickbait because they're telling you could they trade Stefan to it does that make sense so yeah, yeah. on how they word it you gotta be yeah. a wordsmith you're a numbers guy yeah that's just like maybe that's just like she's asking you to have a drink and yeah, here we go yeah yeah so, okay okay yeah clickbait is interesting there there's definitely a nuance to it because i have been tempted by clickbait and i'm like eh, that sounds dumb i'm not gonna click that link but then I click right, it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> They'll get you. Let me ask you this. I was thinking about this the other day, and this was not something we talked about leading up to the show, but I wanted to bring it up because I know you're the hater and you're such a big fan of this player that I wanted to get your honest opinion. Is there anything about Benny Snell Jr. that gives you any type of confidence 
in the running back depth heading into the 2020 draft. Now, let me say before you answer, I'm not saying that they need a running back. Cause I think if they went into the season with Connor Snell, uh, Samuels, white Edmonds, they have a stable of backs, but they don't have a ton of backs. Now Lance, your air writing there. A lot of people <laughs> like Benny Snell. I'm not saying that I'm one of them. Hold on. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but a lot of people like Benny, no jets, as we call him here on the show, Lance, is there anything about this guy that you're like, you know what? I think he could be better than we ever thought. No, nothing. nothing. There's not anything durability. No, no. Durable. He, he's durable. Busy. He, he's, he could be he's a physical. good goal line guy. If you want to plow a guy as a goal line back in short yardage and goal line to play, we plow through and do kind of the Jerome betters role late in his career when they would bring Jerome off the bench and Jerome would have like three touchdowns and seven yards. He could be <laughs> that guy. The, the guy just doesn't have any lateral quickness. And people are like, well, if he loses 25 pounds, he'll just have all this lateral. No. No, Jerome Bettis and using Jerome Bettis as an analogy had lateral quickness when he weighed 265 pounds. Now, I know Bettis Jerome is a different a beast, of, man. He I know Jerome is a beast. Hall of Famer, but lateral quickness is lateral quickness. You either have it or you don't. It's hard to be taught. That's the levels that we're talking about in the National Football League between OK guys who are still ridiculously athletically and dudes that are those dudes. And if you look at Leonard Fournette from a, a lateral quickness perspective, his size, speed, and lateral quickness is why Leonard Fournette was that guy. Benny Snell, just physically, he's not that guy. Uh, great, great name, great story. No, let him just plow into the line, have five carries, three touchdowns, 10 yards. That, that's what Benny Snell can do. Jeff Lauderdale in the live chat says, I played against Snell in high school. A lot more to his game than we saw last year. I'm going to take your word for it, Jeff. I want to see it. <laughs> well, I that's what we all have to, yeah. And Jeff, I wonder if Jeff's still in there. Did um did did he truck you, Jeff? Did he put did he put his crown of his helmet and snap your shoulder pads? Do you have an imprint of Mr. Snell's cleats on your chest? <laughs> Come on, Jeff. <laughs> Since you said he's got more to his game, it would imply he gave you a, a little jump cut and you tackled air. Come on, Jeff. We need to hear the rest. And this is why you got to, guys, you got to listen to the, you got to do the live chat and be on, on YouTube because this is the exchange you get it. A little more, a little more flavored than just the podcast. So make sure you like the show. But yeah, Jeff, come on, man. Let us know. Did Benny truck you? Did you get snailed? We'll just make it a verb. Did you get snailed? <laughs> Come on, Jeff. You got to let us know. And not the host, Jeff Lauderdale. There he is. He's dead. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Big up to Jeff Lauderdale. Thank you for the full-on disclosure. Yes, Jeff. Now, if you can get a clip of that and, and we run it on the website, it'd be lovely. Now, he yeah. said, uh, just for those listening in audio, he said, oh, yeah, LOL. He has a nasty stiff arm. So, nice, well, Jeff. there you go. Nice, Jeff. I love that honesty. I think it was one of the people. Let me see if I can find it here. I think it was. Um, shoot. While you're looking it. for that, Jeff, let me ask you the question about my topic on the. Yeah, I said it yesterday when I said, yeah, yeah. I said it. The Steelers current secondary is the best under the Tomlin era. 
you had a couple of comments about that, and, and why don't you share those with the listeners? Uh, yeah, when you compare the two, okay, so everyone's going to immediately think, Mike Tomlin's time with Pittsburgh since 2007 to current date, what were the best secondaries that he coached? Everyone's going to go to 08 when they won the Super Bowl, and everyone's going to think of last year because it was markedly improved. Every Everything in between, maybe except 2010, when they lost to the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl, in 45, Super Bowl 45, was kind of like the last the last go around with that defense of the 2000s. And after that, it just, it turned into, you know, Cortez Allen, Antoine Blake. Um, I could continue oh with goodness, the Antoine yes. Blake. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. That's what the secondary turned into. So it's really kind of like you have those two units. And I think that's kind of what you boiled it down to on your show. When you look at the 08 group that won a Super Bowl, first and foremost, they won a Super Bowl. You can never take that ring away from them. Therefore, that automatically puts them up. Okay. You had one of the best safety tandems, in my opinion, of that era in Palomalu and Ryan Clark. So that is really awesome. Then you have the cornerback situation. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Lance, the starting cornerbacks for that 08 team was obviously Ike Taylor. Was it Brian McFadden? Brian McFadden. And was Deshae in the slot? Deshae was, yeah, he was a slot corner. And they had Willie Gay as well. Willie Gay was a young player. They had Willie Gay as well. That's four pretty good cornerbacks, to be honest, now that I think about it. And then you look at last year's group. Minka Fitzpatrick, all pro. Terrell Edmonds, I've told you what I feel about Terrell Edmonds multiple times on this channel. Your hater horns are coming out. Not that good. Um, and then you go to cornerbacks. I love Steven Nelson. I love Joe Hayden. I think that they are by far two of the best corner, but corner, the, well, I'd say top five cornerback tandem in the entire league, maybe even top three. Okay. So then you go to slot Mike Hilton. I like Mike Hilton. I know a lot of people bashed me just a few minutes ago and I said, I would trade him. Eh, You got to trade. If you're going to get anything for a trade, you got to trade a commodity, something someone else wants. Um, so Mike Hilton, I like him. I like Cam Sutton. Justin Lane is unproven. I can't really say much about him. So I don't think that you can say that the current secondary, now they haven't had a lot of time together. That's key. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick didn't play for Pittsburgh until week three against San Francisco in San Francisco last year. So maybe this will change, but at the time, there's no way, in my opinion, you can take 2019 over 2008. The more I think about it, it's it, it's impossible. It because when you said those four cornerbacks, those are four good cornerbacks. You know, Ike Taylor couldn't catch a cold, but at the same time, he was a good cornerback. McFadden did his job more than once. We all we all know what big play Willie Gay does, and then Deshae Townsend. I just don't think that this secondary is there yet. Mainly, why Edmonds? Edmonds is why hmm. he's not up to Ryan Clark. Not even close. Huh. See, I, th- I I think 2019, because I think the tandem of corners that the Steelers currently have offsets what Troy Palomalo means to the 2008 secondary, because although Troy is one of the best safeties of all time, they still have an incredible safety in Minka Fitzpatrick. And I'm not suggesting that Minka is Troy Palomalo by any means. But when you look at some of the stats displayed in Mark Caballi of the Athletics article, and let me give these to you. This will illustrate why, no doubt, this is the best Steeler corner tandem in Tomlin's era. And because cornerbacks are so important, 
And because starting cornerbacks are so important, this is why I think it tipped it to 2019. So this is a comparison to Stephon Gilmore, the NFL uh, player of the year, defensive player of the year last year. So Steven Nelson, 1,010 snaps, 72 targets, 37 receptions, 491 yards given up, zero touchdown, one interception. That's a completion percentage of 51%. Joe Hayden, 1,054 snaps, 82 targets, 44 receptions, 487 yards, five touchdowns, five interceptions. That's a 53% completion rate. And just before I get to Stephon Gilmore, my point, another point that I made on the show yesterday, yeah, I said at the Steelers 2019 current secondary is the best in the Tom and era. That I don't think there's any doubt that Steven Nelson is the better player. And I want to get your thoughts on that too, Jeff. And I wonder what the live chat chat that says. But compare particularly Steven Nelson's stats to Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore, 951 snaps, 101 targets, 49 receptions. 611 yards, giving up zero touchdowns, six interceptions. His completion percentage was 48.5. The biggest difference between Gilmore and Nelson is the interceptions. But you look at the other numbers, and they're absolutely right there. He gave up less receptions and less yards with more snaps. So his numbers were almost better, except for interceptions, than Stephon Gilmore. So this is why I think that this 2019 secondary, particularly at the cornerback position, is the best in the Tomlin era. Who do you think is the Steelers' number one cornerback right now on this roster? I think it's Nelson. They they weren't even throwing his way. Yes. You know? And that's why, like at the end of the towards the end of the season, see, people said the same thing about Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, he's not making those plays anymore. That's because they're not throwing his way. They are rather they would rather target Hilton in the slot, Cam Sutton in the dime, Joe Hayden, or definitely Edmonds in coverage. But they're not going to throw it at Nelson and or Fitzpatrick. And that's why I, I think about the Buffalo game on Sunday Night Football. I think Nelson gave up a big a big pass play, and everyone was so down on the guy. And I'm like, it's <laughs> he has played so well this year, and he gives up a reception in a league where it's going to happen. You're going to give up a big play. And he really didn't, except for one or two. Steven Nelson, in my opinion, I'm going to say right now, another bold prediction. I think if he stays healthy, he could be looking at a all-pro season in 2020. That's how good I think he is. And I agree with Jeffrey Benedict. Pick up the Jeffrey. Jeffrey does outstanding work on the website, behindastillcurtain.com. He does great analytical work. I agree with Jeffrey. Nelson over Hayden. Hayden was gambling for INTs. Nelson was just shutting people down. You look at the film and you look at the coverage. I mean, Nelson was playing fantastic football. I mean, and I said it also on the show, Nelson is going to go down as one of those best free agent acquisitions on defense if he stays healthy, you know, under the Tomlin era. You look at that, and was Ferrier, Ferrier wasn't a, 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 an acquisition under Tomlin, or was that Cower? No, it was Cower. That was Cower, okay. So, yeah, I mean, Nelson is that guy. Let me ask you one other question. Because I know we're getting towards the end of the show, Jeff. We've talked a lot about the draft. Mm-hmm. We've talked about best player available. We talked about need, but we haven't talked about. I, I just want to rehash it. Quickest impact because we talked a little about the draft. From your perspective, what position group can have the quickest impact on the Steelers in twenty twenty? Hmm. I'm going to say safety. Hmm. 
but it's got to be the right safety. And I've talked about this. We did it on the preview when we talked about secondary this past Thursday. So go back and check out that show if you haven't. I think it has to be a hybrid safety, someone that can play inside linebacker, but also can play safety. Um, unless we talked about it on this show or the standard is a standard on Wednesday, unless they're moving Edmonds into that spot. If they move Edmonds into that spot, give me that cherry picker, as I call him, who sits back and plays the center field position and can just, just do that. Well, I think safety is one of the thinnest positions in terms of depth and the need is almost as great as any other position. People talk about running back, wide receiver. The Steelers don't necessarily need those players. Do they need a safety? In my opinion, yes, they do. Well, you know, I'm going to hate on that, and I'm just go running back. <laughs> I think it's absolutely running back. I think running back, you plug in, let's say, and this all hinges on Connor. I've watched a lot of Connor film. i got to go through the rest of my Connor film. You know, since we're sheltering in place, there's not much to do. So me as this egghead dude, I'm sitting here watching every running snap of James Conner. Um, and Conner's a quality football player when healthy. That's the point, when healthy. Their offense is much better when James Conner is healthy and being productive in the running game and in the passing game. They need a running back. They need a running back, in my opinion. And I think a running back impacts them the best because if you could put a tandem of running backs out there that's very good connor and a good second round draft pick i mean it just adds such a dimension to that offense and i think ben will need that as he comes back off of this elbow surgery just think of how good their offenses were with uh mr uh butt naked and robbed aka yeah, Le'Veon right. bell you're you're right uh, to me that this is the difference between a need and a want running back is a want and Blitzberg says the other position I would have said, and that is inside linebacker. If Devin Bush goes down, then what? Dave Schofield's going to play it. <laughs> Dave everyone says everyone says Ulysses Gilbert the third, and I love the guy. I think he's going to be a really good depth piece for the Steelers special teamer. But he didn't play much last year. He got hurt, hurt his back, got put on injured reserve. I'm not putting all my eggs into that basket just yet. Not until there's more tape out on him in the NFL where games actually count. So I think that your want of a running back, I'm all for it. Your want for a receiver, again, all for it. Your want for offensive line, sure. The need, in my opinion, is at safety and inside linebacker. No, but for impact, not need, impact. Does a safety right. see snaps? Does a safety yes. does a safety see snaps? You, you, Dave you, Schofield did the math and said the Steelers play their base defense something like 23% of the time. Yes, they never play it essentially. So with the sub packages being the predominant indicator of the Steelers defense, you need to get that other body out there. If you're gonna put Edmonds in the box, like we talked about, you need to get that rangy, intelligent, ball hawking safety to play in the back end. I see. I think I don't disagree, but I think they'll take I think their top six secondary guys will be the guys that will play in any package. Right. In any, you know, whether it's dime, nickel base will be, of course, the two starting corners and Nelson and Hayden. And you're going to have Edmonds and you're going to have Fitzpatrick. You're going to have Hilton. You're going to have Sutton. Those are going to be your six guys. And I think it'll be Hilton or Sutton being that center field guy, be it in dime, particularly in dime will be that guy. I just don't see a safety. He'd have to be a fantastic player to bump any of those six guys out of getting snaps. 
next year. And that's why I'm saying running back in terms of impact, because the running back group is not very good. Um, I don't like Beanie Snell. Of course, I don't like Beanie. I don't like him. So I, I think you can come in as a running back and have an immediate impact, get snaps, have an immediate impact on this football team. This is a good thing for the Steelers to have. We're talking about all these different positions, and they could all be top, near the top picks for the Steelers. Now, understand this. While I say safety, do I think they're going to take safety at 49? No. No, they're not going to take safety at 49. Why would you? I think that the value is is at different positions. It, 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 it could be tackle. It could be running back. It could be receiver. It could be edge rusher, as Dave Schofield points out in the live chat and says, you need another edge rusher. If you're viewing Bud Dupree as a one-year rental, unless you're sold on Oled Denier, two's our skipper. That's true. These yeah, are I'm facts. not sold on Dave. The Oracle, bang on. That's that that spot on there. Let me give you a bold prediction because we're at the hour mark before we get out of here. Um, I think Ulysses Gilbert will be the Dimebacker. I think he'll be the sub packed nickel and Dimebacker next year. So you take Vince off and put yeah. UG3 on. UG3. I love that. That's sweet. That's sweet. I love that. Hashtag UG3. Nice. Nice, <laughs> Jeff. Impressive work. And that uh, throw into the likes when you were doing the explanation was like real swift. That was real nice when you were just like, da, 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 and hit the like button. Then I was like, oh, I see, Jeff. I see <laughs> you. He's been doing yeah, this for a little bit. This Jeff's is pretty his first sharp. show. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, nice. I see you. Nice. All right. So let's let's lay this out for the upcoming week for those that are listening. Tomorrow, Monday, Steelers Q&A live mock draft, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Check that out. People that have already committed to being a team and got their draft order Saturday, make sure you're there on time. Tuesday, Steelers Stack Geek. Wednesday, the standard is a standard. That might just be a crazy prediction show. That's what we should do. Wednesday should yeah. just be... A crazy prediction show. Bring out your predictions. We'll talk about me saying the trades. We'll have the value. Let's get that value chart for Wednesday for the picks. And then Thursday is the big event, folks. The first round of the NFL Draft 2020 NFL Draft virtual NFL Draft. In which case, come and watch with us here on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com, search BTSC Steelers Radio, and be ready. We'll be there from 8 to like 11. Because we're all going to be watching anyways. So we might as well watch together and give you all some good content. So keep that in mind and make sure you check out behind the steel curtain for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. So Lance, unless there's something else, why don't you send us out? And as always tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. Amen, brother. Everyone stay safe. We'll see you this week.